Blog Talk Radio. Good afternoon, cats and kittens. Welcome to Drive Through HR. Um, the longest-running 30-minute noon central episodic HR-focused blog talk radio show uh, available on this or any other internet. Um, in the captain's show today, this is Dwayne Lay. Um, and across the virtual table from me, I'm very excited um, to have a very special guest with us, uh, a gentleman who you all know and love by the name of Kyle Lagunas. Kyle, how the heck are you? My friend. I'm feeling very energized by that intro music. I wish that we were on video hey. so you could see me like bopping my head and like swinging a little. It's pretty good. Thank you. I'm glad you like that. Uh, the name of that little buffer is actually called Strong Coffee. So uh, appropriately titled, yeah. I think. It worked. I'm energized. I know. I know. I feel like so, I can talk about anything. <laughs> well, then let's, let's pick a couple things. So people all around the world, huge fans of yours. Um, but they may not be up to speed on the exciting things happening in their life. So so give us a little taste. What's happening in the world of Kyle Lagunas? What are you doing? Oh, yeah, I would love to. Um, well, so um, I have spent most of my career in this space um, studying the vendor landscape um, and emerging trends in uh, talent um, as an analyst, most recently running the global research for, or global research practice at IDC. Um, but I joined the dark side last, uh, this past spring, uh, I met Beamery now, a, uh, I'm their director of strategy for people who don't know us. We are a recruit marketing, uh, software company. We are a talent operating system with solutions for talent attraction, engagement, and retention. That is very exciting stuff. Congratulations on that move. Uh, and I think I speak for everyone when I say they are darn lucky to have you. Um, yeah. So being who you are and being um, the, the wise man about town with HR Technology, we decided today that we were going to talk about transformation. So I've worked on plenty of transformation projects that were a lot of lip service. Um, I've, I've talked about this at length. You know, I've, I've, I've kind of been with organizations that talk about transformation, but they didn't want to do anything different. Um, mm. They didn't want to hire people with different skill sets. They didn't want to invest in different technology. Um, they just knew the buzzword was transformation. So, so yeah. when you hear that word in a in a in a system that's working, let's say it that way. What does transformation mean to you? Yeah, you know that's what's so challenging, and that was one thing that really attracted me to an opportunity to come over to a vendor um, and tackle this concept um, with the knowledge I have, the perspective I have uh, from being in a, in a more neutral environment. Um, transformation. You know, honestly, Dwayne, I feel like oftentimes it is just a buzzword. Um, it, it really is just uh, trying to prop up the rollout of a new technology as something much more impactful. Um, so yeah, there's, there's not a lot to it in, in a lot of instances. Uh, which is kind of sad, <laughs> but I will say that um, in in a successful transformation, we are looking at changes not just in like a technology solution or in a specific process. We're talking about like reskilling our talent organization. Or organization that we're we're talking about like uh, 
reevaluating the way that we are deploying our resources. Um, you know, we look at uh, like the recruiting function as, as an example. Um, there's still just like by and large, like 85% of the recruiting organization is just a general recruiter. Um, but mm-hmm. even in the HR organization, you've seen people have all kinds of specializations now that broke out way beyond just um, the HR business partner. You know, there, there's, there's a lot more that can be done. So we're talking about skills transformation. We're talking about teams transformation. Um, we're definitely looking at um, digital transformation in the technology stack, um, transforming stakeholder experiences. I mean, it really is taking the status quo and fully optimizing it, which sometimes is pretty disruptive. Um, so yeah, that's why I wanted to talk about this today is because most people don't really have, I don't know, the, the bandwidth for true transformation. Um, it's, it doesn't, it feels like we're throwing this word around without really understanding what it is. I, I agree with you. And I think a part of that problem might be because it has been such a buzzword and it has been thrown around a lot of people's experience with transformation has been kind of crap. And so, yeah, yeah, no, 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 no. I've been through transformation that time that we got those, uh, we got those new pens and, uh, we we did that five S thing where we cleaned up or we painted the office walls and yeah, you know, a little, a little less tongue in cheek. Maybe it's just like, Oh, we fully transformed the candidate experience. We rolled out a new career site. (laughs) Right. Wow. Okay. That can be a piece of it. Sure. That is, that might be an aspect of transformation, um, but it's just, I, I see it it's extremely limited in scope. Um, and, and my question, it remains why, and I'm not sure if it's because um, darn talent functions lack the resources to drive real transformation, if they lack the influence across the organization to drive real transformation, um, and part of my job here at Beamery is to is to figure that out. Um, mm-hmm. You know, we we look at um, how we define success on the client side, and uh, we want to get beyond just like some vanity metrics in a QBR. Mm-hmm. We we don't want to just say, look, we've got sixty um, percent adoption. We have your users um, spending four hours a day in the system. Like, yeah, that's that's great. That that's that's really nice, but. So what? Do the behaviors change? Do the outcomes change? Like, is is there actual tangible improvement um, in your ability to attract and, and hire higher quality content? Like, I don't know. So we're trying to figure out what is transformative. Um, I, yeah, I love I love what you just said there, talking about some of those metrics. I, I can't tell you how many times, you know, talking to HR departments, HR professionals, HR leaders, and getting into discussions about metrics and measurements and information and data. And they'll say, well, we track these 15 numbers. And I, and I say almost mm-hmm. the same thing you did there. So what? You track headcount. Mm-hmm. Well, what do you do if headcount goes up by 10%? Like, what's the action mm-hmm. you're going to take? They're like, well, I mean, it's not really for that. I'm like, yeah, then it's not really a metric. Like, yeah. it's a data point. But it doesn't it's really a data, change. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So if, and can I, can I comment on that a little bit, too? I, yeah, I find, because sure. I, I do find, like, a hesitance to adapt um, their like key performance metrics. Um, and so you, I've, I've been an analyst for eight years and studying mm-hmm. like just best practice. 
And I would see that there wasn't like a lack of technology for better analytics, for better reporting. It, there was like a cultural resistance to modernizing measures of success. Um, it was so interesting that like HR and talent leaders, they could potentially get to better reporting. They could potentially get to better KPIs, but they were afraid to report on things that they themselves didn't com completely understand. Um, they were mm -hmm. afraid to be held accountable for KPIs that they didn't know how to influence yet. So it was kind of like a chicken mm -hmm. and egg challenge, like which comes first? Do we start reporting on more modern metrics or do we dabble and experiment and find out what levers we can pull and what buttons to push? And then we start reporting differently. Yeah, I, I think some of that comes from, uh, and this isn't just HR, I think this is just human nature. Um, we don't want to expose our failures. And, mm. and when you start tracking on something new, whether it's really your failure or not, like you're going to expose yourself potentially to criticism because when you say, hey, we started this new um, customer satisfaction, you know, CSAT measurement and, mm. you know, our perfect score is 100 and right now we're at 65 and there's a whole lot of influences mm. into that score. The knee-jerk response is 65 out of 100? Like, that's horrible. It's like, well, yeah. well maybe, but it's also, it's, it's it, like they were all, that was already the score. Now we know it. And we, until mm. we know it, we can't do anything about it. So it's, it can yeah. be hard. And it's, it, it, if you don't have um, supportive leadership that understands, okay, this, you've got a baseline before you can get better at it, that can be a really scary thing to do. Yeah, yeah, that makes a lot of sense. I'm glad you call that out. I mean, but your, your latter point is like that about um, unsupported business. Well, mm -hmm. that opens up the conversation to transformation way beyond just the boundaries of HR best practices um, and mm -hmm. like HR process. And that's, that's what we're trying to account for too is like, because I'm building out like a transformation framework. We're calling it talent DNA. Um, and typically what I've seen in transformation initiatives were three different dimensions, people, process, and technology. And those are pretty straightforward, mm -hmm. but if you think about it, people in HR, process in HR, and technology in HR, those are all within the boundaries of HR. So they can control them mm -hmm. for those factors. But the real success factors are, are oftentimes outside of HR's purview. So uh, we're looking at three additional dimensions here. We're looking at culture and not just like company culture, but like hiring culture, like, like, mm -hmm. uh, uh, you know, like talent culture. Um, we're looking at insight, like how much do you know? <laughs> how much can you discern about the um, uh, effectiveness of your practices? Um, how much... Um, insight do you have into what's working and what's not? That's another dimension. And then the, the third is governance. Like what kind of operating environment um, are you working within and how will that make or break your transformation initiatives? And we're not talking mm -hmm. about governance from a legislative perspective, but like SLAs, you know, look at employer brand initiatives. People are wanting to pour money into employer brand to, you know, blow out their career site and, and uh, build out talent personas and, and get some like really like, sassy marketing message out into, out into uh, the social web. Um, mm -hmm. But then what if marketing, corporate marketing has some say in that? What if they want to own employer brand in recruit marketing or at least have, uh, you know, direct influence and control over brand standards? It, it, like governance mm -hmm. can be an enabler or an inhibitor. 
so yeah, I, I just feel like we're also limited in scope for transformation uh, because we're just looking to see what we can do ourselves within our own safe domain. We're not really accounting for that that broader picture. That's a great point on the governance piece, and and I've I think probably most of our listeners have have seen that in action, where like you can start a program, you can start doing this piece, but then you know, and and I think the the marketing is a perfect example of it because at some point. Like you've got to engage them because you've got brand standards, you've got colors, you've got shapes, you've got templates, you've got all the things you want to pull in so that you have a cohesive mm-hmm. message. And then you've suddenly exposed your program to another team that looks at it. And if it's good, it's getting traction. Like there's a natural piece of saying, well, we want, we want a piece of that action. We feel like we have some yeah. say here. We want to be part of it. Um, yeah. So that's a, that's a really good it's point. It's like, well, hold on, pump the brakes here. I had this is my first time looking at this. Like nobody <laughs> got mm-hmm. my say, my input, you yeah. know, and I, and I, yeah, it's, it can be a challenge. Yeah, for sure. So, so as you build this framework out, so let's say that I'm a, I'm an HR leader. Um, you know, I've, I've, I've got Kyle coming in and Kyle's going to talk to me and he's going to tell me about this great framework and you talk about the measures. Uh, and I say, that's fantastic. You know, here's a big bag of money, Kyle, <laughs> where do we start? What do I what do I do tomorrow? Where do I start this journey? Well, first I count all of the money myself. <laughs> it's a big um, bag. It's a big bag. Yeah, it's you don't very need to count. okay. It's a big bag. <laughs> and it clinks. It's yeah, all, well, I, it's, honestly, all it's all quarters. It's all quarters because I run a video oh. arcade company. But still, it's a big bag of quarters. Hey, I like that the sound of like that ching ching. <laughs> you know. Uh, <laughs> no, but but so it w- before we even take money. We're, we're we're actually rolling out the uh, talent DNA as a like a a prospecting tool for um, our account execs. So we want to help you understand um, what your real what what gaps exist, what obstacles you're likely to encounter, so that we can, from a solutioning perspective, um, address those. So um, assessing, assessing uh, maturity across the, the six dimensions of talent transformation, people process tech, insight, culture governance, um, gives us a better understanding of who you are. Um, so then, you know, a, a, a prospecting call isn't just going to go, do you want a new career site? Do you need a CRM? Of course you do. Here's our contract <laughs> sign on the dotted mm-hmm. line. Sure, you know, like sure. we're we're really trying to get a, a much um, better understanding of the um, the environment that you are are trying to hire for, um, and the um, environment that we would be working within from a, as a solution provider perspective. So yeah, we we uh, assess that uh, assess maturity at the highest level. Um, working with like the transformation lead and then any functional leads in, in, in employer brand or candidate experience or um, operations, whomever you want. Um, but we want to get that varying perspective for each of those groups. Um, yeah. And then, and go from there. So if we see gaps, we're going to dig deeper into those, um, do some like quant interviews, uh, do a deeper assessment of like the sub dimensions of uh of any problem area um, and mm-hmm. yeah, and, and account for those in our solution design. So we know that we're not just talking about um, translating um, on the candidate side. We know that you were also going to need to translate on the back end and have Chinese and Russian and Spanish, um, both um, Castilian Spanish and Porteño Spanish, you know? <laughs> so trying to get into <laughs> some of the more nuances of, of what makes a successful solution design um, so that we are not getting in the way um, but then we're also not blindsided as, as, as a vendor 
by something organizational. So trying to be more proactive. Ones, yeah. So from the work you've done so far with this, um, how long should someone expect that kind of analysis to take? Oh, so I'm I'm trying to it's like <laughs> trying to boil down the ocean, you know, because you don't right. want to make a mountain out of a molehill, right? Uh, you want this right. to be productive. Um, so I've designed the assessment to where the 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 initial assessment with just the transformation leader takes like three minutes, um, and we can like automatically generate insights. Um, I was just on the phone with our data scientist right before this lovely meeting, um, talking about um, optimizing the model to make it as quick and painless as possible to produce something um, actionable for the mm -hmm. talent transformation leader. And yeah, from we can go as far as they want to go from there. I, I, the the full scope can take any. I mean, depending on involvement and availability, can take a week um, mm -hmm. or up to like a month. But we work in tandem with the rest of the of the um, sales process uh, or the client success team. But what's really cool, mm -hmm. Dwayne, is like at the end we we produce a path forward document with mapping back strategic uh, priorities to operational objectives, um, developing key performance um, indicators. I, I call them key progress indicators. Um, mm -hmm. It's not like you're either winning or you're losing. It's like are you making progress? Um, right. And those are actually um, reported on in the QBR. So we're tracking those quarterly with folks and updating along the way. So then the solution provider conversation becomes way more consultative from day one and then post go mm -hmm. live. Change management is just like not something HR and recruiting has a lot of bandwidth for. And so we're trying to mm -hmm. build a solution design that, that is more supportive for that. So the reason I asked the timing question is because I've seen too many people that jump into a project like this with expectations that, you know, they're going to be able to keep doing their day job the way they do now, which is, you know, if they're like most HR professionals, they're only working half days, just 12 hours at a time. Um, mm. And so, <laughs> so there is a, I think there is a recognition that has to be made up front. Like, like this is a tough project. And, and even yeah. if you've got the, the best partners in the world, just like, just like our friend Kyle here, like there's a time commitment and, and there's energy that yeah. has to go into it. And, and they've got to be prepared for those things. So that's kind of why I was, I was asking about the kind of the scope of work and boy, how much time should somebody before they should start to really feel like they're making progress, you know, so that you don't have someone two weeks in go, boy, I thought we'd be better than this by now. Boy, I'm, I'm, I'm really yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, it's because like not everybody has appetite for transformation. That's what we were talking about at the beginning of the call. Right. Some people do just yeah. need to update or modernize their tech, and that's fine. You know, that's a that's a, a more straightforward workflow. Um, but for those that are trying to do something different, um, that's what talent DNA is for. And so I'll get involved in in certain calls, uh, certain opportunities that will look and see. All right, is this organization on board with you know going all in? Um, you know, I can do a little bit of show and tell, a little razzmatazz. <laughs> And, and engage that appetite. And if it's there, then let's, let's just dabble a little, you know, and, and see how it goes. I mean, the ultimate point is to help our customers be more successful. Um, but we're mm -hmm. not going to shove this down their, down their throats. You know, we're just going to follow their lead on it. It's all you can right. do. Right. Yeah. It's gotta be something that go along willingly, right? It's like, it's just another form of therapy. Mm -hmm. If you, if you don't want to be there and want to make changes, then uh, you're just, you're just paying your copay and going about your day. Um, yeah. So 
so from a challenge perspective, so we've talked a little bit about, you know, resources, we've talked about bandwidth. Um, what other challenges do you see out there? What else should people be aware of if they, if they think they want to embark on one of these journeys? Yeah, I mean, the first thing is like, you know, I, you get on calls with um, like, I mean, major, major global enterprises and you ask them what their strategic goals are for the year and see like where the, where like a um, rollout of recruit marketing platform fits into that. And mm-hmm. it, so many times, like the goal is just like, Oh, we want to improve candidate experience. We want to attract top talent. Those are our strategic goals. And it's like, whoa, sure. <laughs> that's like a catchphrase, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I think that that's probably the, the first thing to consider is like, what are your goals? And how lofty are they? Are they so lofty that they're meaningless? You know, are they, or is there a need to like bring those down to earth? Um, Mm -hmm. So I would, I would encourage folks to to take a look at what they're trying to accomplish and, and see how difficult it is to break that in that down into like piecemeal, you know, Uh, Rome wasn't built in a day. It was brick by brick. And so um, I think that it does take a, uh, taking a step back is kind of, required before you can really embark on any sort of transformation initiative. Um, too often I see people just like, just jumping in. They're like, Hey, I got budget for a new career site. Let's go. <laughs> it's like, well, cool. right. right. We, we can't, we can, we, we absolutely can do that, but uh, what's wrong with the existing career site? Mm-hmm. You know um, what, what challenges are you trying to actually address? Um, I think that's probably the, the best place to start. And it yeah, seems I like that's the, just so generic, but most, so many people just don't take that time. No, I they just want to go I straight that's forward. A, that's an excellent point. Um, I can't tell you how many times I've heard people talk about, uh, well, we really want to build up our following on Facebook. We want to get more Facebook fans, and, and that's always my question: is why? Like you're yeah. a B two B company. What, why do you care about Facebook? <laughs> like you're not selling to them. Well, yeah. because that's part of our social strategy. Cool. Why? Yeah. Uh, well, because that's what I did at my last job, and so that's what I want to do here. Oh, okay, cool. Now I get it. Oh, um, got it, got it. <laughs> yeah. So those, yeah, those the vague goals or the unconnected goals. You know, we we talk about um, you know trying to make sure you've got from an HR perspective, got got goals that you know you understand they align to the strategic plan. Like it's something the company, whether they know it or not, they're already supporting with the other work they do. Um, I, I feel like one of the biggest problems I see out there, and, and let me know if you've seen the same thing, is even when HR has a good strategic plan and business goals in mind, like they're not always tied back to where the company's actually going. And there's not like clear mm. line of sight that this is what the company actually needs. Do you see no, that? So you mean like they're just, yeah, they're like just disconnected. It's like they're, yeah. they're strategizing in a vacuum. Yes. Yes. So, I mean, yeah. Some of the things, I mean, yeah. It's and it's it's to me it's a challenge because a lot of the HR folks I've talked to like they don't have visibility to the strategic plan of the company, so they're mm. they're kind of forced to do those things. Hmm. How not? That's just so. Like maybe 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 you don't see like the details of like the uh, like the you might not be a part of the decision making for a business strategy. Um, but I, I, it's just hard for me to understand an environment where you have com- absolutely no in- insight into what matters to the business. I, I, it, it's really hard for me to wrap my head around that. Well, I don't think it's so much that you don't know what matters to the business, but 
so I'm, I'm thinking beyond, you know, like the, the business goals and thinking strategic planning. When I think strategic planning, I'm thinking like, what are we going to be in three years and what are we going to be in five years? Like that's yeah. the piece that too many Asia people okay. just don't see. Yeah. And so that's when like workforce planning becomes just like a really rote, tired exercise that's not right. very meaningful because you're like, I don't know. Well, <laughs> We'll grow. <laughs> we'll, we'll we'll change. We'll think about we'll it. evolve. <laughs> think about it from a TA perspective. I mean, how many times do you see recruiters that can tell you, "Yeah, I'm hiring a person to be a chemical engineer," um, you know, but within five years, we're going to need them to manage that group, or we need them to have yeah. the ability to manage that group. We tend to think, "Oh, we got to get a chemical engineer in the door." Yeah, no, you're spot on there. I mean, that's I think that might be a part of why so much of recruiting operations are just so rec centric. It's because it's like, well, we are going to, we've got a need. We'll fill the need. We'll focus on today. Um, but that's where you see some companies are um, opening up their perspective to look at pipelining skills and competencies for tomorrow, not just for today. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it's hard to be proactive so you- when you don't know what you're, working towards <laughs> for sure it is for sure uh, so as you're as you're building out your 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 um your framework as you're getting ready mm-hmm. to you know, to really dive into this with new with new clients and new people out there for the hr practitioner who hasn't gotten a chance to be part of a real transformation project who doesn't really understand what it is um how do they learn where do they go what do they what do they pick up what books do you read what resources do you have where someone can go sharpen up their own skills to be ready for something like that yeah, you know, honestly, I feel like a huge part of it is just networking. You know, I mean, there yeah. are just so in, in our in our HR space. I mean, you know this. There's so many smart people um, and people who are like anxious to share that what they know. Uh, I, I mean, I, I've got to say that the the most valuable part of any conference I've been to hasn't been the sessions that I attended. It's the conversations that I had outside of those sessions. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and so definitely network your butt off um, and, and, and be bold. I, I mean, I'm, I check my uh, social media probably twice a day to see who wants to connect and who wants to discuss things. Um, and that's just me. I'm interested in having those conversations. Um, there are plenty of other people that would love to just hear. I mean, I had, um, I've had uh, interns that have reached out saying they were coming close to the end of their, their program and were looking for the next, next move and wanted to talk about what opportunities there were in the market. I'm not a recruiter. I just talked about what, what uh, software firms were growing quickly and had a uh, mm-hmm. good runway. You know, I've talked to um, college students who were putting together a research paper and wanted to know about best practice. And they've reached out and just said, hey, I just want to know what you think about the market. And, and I answer these requests. You know, I, I think that people who, that ask for others to share what they know are never rebuffed. Instead, they're welcomed. Mm-hmm. Um, so be bold in networking. Um, I'm not much of a reader uh, for like like HR best practices, business books, but it's just not really my thing. Um, but I, I would say that there is a proliferation of um, blog podcast podcasts and blogs uh, <laughs> that. Uh, I mean, honestly, search for HR blogs on Google and read what you see. And some of it will be things you agree with, and others will be something that's a little generic, and others will really grab your attention and force you to pay attention uh, for a week. You'll think about it. Um, just read it all. Consume whatever you can so that you can become more discerning. 
Um, but I don't think there's any one person I would say, go and listen to this person speak, except for Dwayne Lay. He's the smartest person Aww. I know. Oh, you need no more people. <laughs> but you know what I'm saying? Um, like, I, 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 there's no yeah, like viable for HR innovation. I, I, instead, it's just like getting out there and forming your own opinions. The only way to do that is to network and to c- consume every piece of content that you can. Yeah, I, I completely agree with you. And so, like, there's always, whenever I have this part of the conversation, there's always like that instinctive. I want to ask, oh, well, so who would you suggest? But the, but the fact of the matter is. Like there's enough voices out there, and and if you give ten people, there's another ten people that are equally qualified and equally easy to find that can answer those questions. Yeah, um, yeah. And, and then you also get off the call, and you have like four of your buddies like saying, "Hey, why the right. hell didn't you plug hey. me?" It's like, yeah. no, 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 help a brother out <laughs> for sure. So I I try to avoid putting people on the spot just for that reason. Um, so I now that was I, I appreciate the plug. You could have my book as well, but you didn't, but it's okay. It's okay. I forgive you. Um, so, so in the, in the minute or so we have left, um, where on earth will Kyle going to be for the rest of this year? If someone wanted to come to one of these conferences and meet you in person uh, and tell you what a great job you did on drive through, uh, where will you be? Yeah, I am next going to Talent Connect in Dallas, LinkedIn's event. It's probably the premier recruiting thought leadership conference. Um, of course, now I'm going to have friends who host their own recruiting conferences that are going to give me <laughs> guff for that. <laughs> but it's a big one, and, and I love it. I love the networking there. Um, HR tech is one that I personally cannot ever miss because HR technology really is the core of my career. Um, but also, it's a really great place to get a sense of um, what's going on in the market in terms of uh, macro trends and movement in the space, up-and-comers. Um, and then I'll be at Unleash in Paris, uh, which is a really great innovation show, finding out what's at the bleeding edge. Um, really good food for thought, also great networking. Uh, and then I'm going to be at Workday Rising. They are a strategic partner for Beamery. We are their only strategic partner for CRM. And so we'll be there in a big way. I'm looking forward to getting a better hold on the extended Workday ecosystem. It's pretty massive. <laughs> That is a whole lot of good stuff. Thank you for sharing it. Um, I think we may have actually run over a little bit, but we can pick this up on the oh. recording. Um, I, you're not a hard man to find. Kyle Lagunas is out there on every social channel. Uh, as he's already said, he's a, he's a very welcoming guy. So please, everyone, send him a note uh, and flood his inbox so that uh, so he's forced <laughs> to read all those messages. I'm going to um, regret that. Kyle, thank you, so, yeah. <laughs> thank you so much for joining me. Um, I will, if nothing else, see you in Paris, which I'm very excited about. So we'll get to see each other at some point this year. Um, really good stuff. Very thought-provoking. Thank you for sharing it. Um, and I hope I hope you've had enough fun that you're willing to come back on again for another show someday. Anytime, my friend. Bring your beautiful wife. I Well, she has her own shows. You can go do one of those, too. <laughs> um, <laughs> all right. Thank you very much. Good to talk to Thanks, you. Wayne. Thanks, everyone, for joining us. Um, And we will see you on the other side.